Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Claire. And this is the Weekly Screening Podcast, where we review everything that's been on our screens this week and what's coming up next week. Just a brief warning before we start, there will be spoilers for everything we discuss, so if you don't want a show, film or game spoiled, skip ahead to the next section. We have also upgraded our equipment, fingers crossed, (laughs) so hopefully this will fix the minor audio issues that we had last week. We're getting there. Slowly. We're learning. Starting with films, let's go straight into it. Mm -hmm. Priscilla, 2023. We've just come back from the cinema after watching this. Initial gut reaction, Claire. I really liked it. I felt like the ending was very abrupt, but I did enjoy the film. You did enjoy the film? I'm saying we watched this because we liked the Elvis film. Yeah, we did. That was the only biopic that I've seen. Interesting you call it biopic. I call it biopic. Well, I'm right. I don't, this is not like biography picture. Have you not learned anything from this relationship? <laughs> You're always right. There we go. I, I think it's... I don't know. But anyway, I thought it was quite a good biopic because... It gave me a good insight into the whole of Elvis's life. Yes, you're talking about the Elvis film. Yes. Yes. So I was excited to see it from Priscilla's point of view this time. Mm -hmm. A quick summary that I've managed to get together is when teenager Priscilla, I can't pronounce her last name, I cannot do it, Boulot, but it's French, it looks French anyway. She only says it like once in the film. Well, when she meets Elvis Presley at a party, the man who's already a meteoric rock and roll superstar, he becomes someone entirely unexpected in their private moments. Mm -hmm. So it's basically her side of the Elvis Presley story while they were together. Yeah, and it was interesting in the opening credits, I nudged you and said to you that she is an executive producer on the film. Yeah, I wasn't really aware of that. I must have missed that. I'm glad that she had a say in how it was made and it's based on her book Elvis and Me. Does this mean though it can be quite skewed to what she wants the viewer to see? Because there's always that old adage of it's your side, my side and the truth. Those are the three points in a story. Yeah but I think especially if you're doing a film based on somebody's life that they should have a say on it. I always wonder what it's like with like the Elvis film. He's not alive to have a say in how it's done and how it's portrayed. So I think it's always good to get their their side on it. And I, without her in it, there's always the risk that... I just, I much prefer that they have a say in their own story. Well, here's a note on to that. Is a month before filming began, Lisa Presley, who's the daughter of Priscilla, reached out to the director with concerns about the, quote, in quotation, shockingly vengeful and contemptuous script. Ooh. So I think they thought it was tarnishing the character of her dad. Okay. Because my initial gut reaction was it was a well-told film, but it really didn't portray Elvis in a great light at all. I don't think he had any redeeming qualities. I wouldn't say he had no redeeming qualities, but I think it showed what people like that are probably actually like. He wasn't terrible. He just wasn't particularly great. And the trouble is he was the most famous rock star on the planet, arguably. Still maybe of all time. In history, yeah. And that's going to come with some not-so-nice side effects, not to mention the fact he was on quite a lot of drugs. Just a bit. Just a bit. Well, he was played by Jacob... Oh, what the fuck's Jacob his Lordy. Last? Yes. Jacob Elordi. Aww. Oh, you fucked it. Are you Googling live on air? Yeah. 
because now you've Jacob Elordi. Yeah, because you said it wrong. Or one of us said it wrong the first time. I put it. It was mind. probably me. Yeah. So he was, he was in also. I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> he was also in Saltburn. Yes. Which you thought he played a great character in as well. He's a good actor at the minute. He, he seems to be the hot ticket. Yeah, I think you'll be seeing him pop up in a lot more films. I really enjoyed his portrayal of Elvis here because I mm-hmm. thought he was a lot more grounded. I thought that Austin Butler played it a lot more showman-like. Yeah. Like he had the dancing, he had the hips swiveling, he had the, the walk, yeah. he had the jaw jacking, but I thought Jacob played it very more. He humanised Elvis. The jaw jacking. Jaw jacking. You not heard that term? No. Bit of swag, you know, <laughs> giving it the big in, jaw you know, jacking. trash talking, that sort of thing. But I think that shows the difference in the two films. So the Elvis one was showing Elvis the showman and everything that happened in his career. It did show his private life as well, but it mainly focused on Elvis the showman. While this was about private Elvis, this was the Elvis that not many people got to see. No. The actor would have to play it differently because he's not the big showman on stage. In, in private, he was quite, quite spoken. Like I said to you, with both Elvis films, I struggled because Elvis was a mumbler. And quite rightly, the actors are also mumbling. Sometimes I miss dialogue. The dialogue dropped for me because I couldn't work it out. But that's how he was. That's how he spoke. There was a few times where I was like, what the fuck did he say? Yeah. <laughs> With the, between the mumbling and the southern accent, I was like, oh, no, I've lost it. Don't know what he's saying. What about the Priscilla actress? So she's called Kaylee. Oh, this is another name I can't. I'm going to butcher. Spainy. Yeah, it looks like Spainy, doesn't it? I've not seen her in anything that I can co- recall off my head. To me, no. she looks like Jenna Ortega. See, I thought she looked like a younger Jennifer Lawrence. I could see, yeah, there's a couple of times she looked like Jennifer Lawrence, but no, I was thinking Jenna Ortega a lot of the time. So do you head. think she managed to master the iconic look that Priscilla had? Yeah, especially their wedding photos, because obviously they recreate the wedding pictures and I've seen those and I thought that was pretty I just on. Googled them about 10 minutes ago and they are quite realistic. Yeah. She looks very similar to her, so it's yeah. well cast. Mm-hmm. It is well cast. I did a little bit of Googling. Mm-hmm. And we had been discussing this beforehand about the age of Priscilla yeah. and Elvis when they first met. I did not realise that she was underage, that so she was like 15. She was 14 Ooh. and he was 24. <gasps> no! Oh, it's a bit... I thought in the film a... I thought in the film that she was 15 and he was maybe 21. Well, she's mid-20s, oh. so she, she manages to actually look... No, I mean like the characters. Because char- they didn't actually cover... They, there obviously was an age gap and you saw that she was underage and that Elvis gave her a Sweet 16 card. But I thought she was 15. I didn't realise that it was 14. 24. 10 years. No wonder her parents weren't let, were not going to let her go. Do you remember the rule for the minimum age of girl a guy is supposed to go for? Oh, God, I'm not going to like this, am I? Divide your age by 2, right. add 7. So if he's 24, mm-hmm. divide it by 2, 12, add 7, 19. Okay. That's not too bad. It's so probably you, better than what you were... So if you were 30, that would be divided by 2 is 15. Yeah. Add 7 is... 22. Okay. Okay. The rule works, love. Unless, it's, there unless for, it's there for a reason. Unless you're like 16. Well, yeah. Yeah. 8, add 7, 15. Okay. Maybe not. Like 15 yeah. and 18. Okay. Yeah, see, it works. Um, yeah. I've never heard of that. There you go. You learn something new every day. What did you think of Elvis refusing to be intimate with Priscilla until they were married? I thought it was quite hypocritical because he was likely (laughs) cheating on her. See, I was going to say, fair enough, because that's how he was brought up. He's a southern boy, appreciate the manners, but we all know he was just getting it elsewhere. So I don't like that. I mean, he was having women throw themselves 
yeah, at him. But you can't have one rule. You can't say to her, I respect you too much. This is how I was brought up. I don't want to live in sin. Like, this is going to be very proper. And then you're fucking groupies or, <laughs> or like fellow actresses. No. Nope. Nuh-uh. I also was quite interested to see the darker side of Elvis here. So mm-hmm. we saw her shouting at her, throwing things at her, mm-hmm. but then immediately apologizing, being like, mm-hmm. it's all right, baby. That's quite good. Do you like that? Yeah, that's quite good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the immediate switch, isn't it? Do you think that's just the drugs, the pressure, the stress getting to him that he's acting out in this way? Or do you think he is a sociopath? I don't think it's a sociopath. I think it's something that you see quite a lot. Um, not just in men. I've seen it in women as well, where they can go from zero to hero and then immediately back to zero. Like, just flip out and then mm-hmm. be like, oh shit, the minute they've done it. But it is a repetitive cycle, so I think it's once, an anger is it issue. Once is an accident. Yeah, but I, do th- I, don't, I don't necessarily think it was... I mean, the drugs definitely didn't help, but I do think it's just part of his personality and part of who he is, unfortunately, is he will just snap and then be like, oh, oh shit, sorry. Because I do think he mm. was genuinely sorry, but also don't snap in the first place. A lot of people I heard were saying that were fans of Elvis, that the film shows us Elvis is grooming her. It does look like that. Because when it? he says, like, I don't like that dress, take it off. I don't, yeah. it doesn't make you look a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's a bit. The fact that she was like 14 and he was inviting her around and showering her with gifts, it does, it does have a grooming element to it. I mean, he was 10 years her senior, which when you're like 30 and 40 isn't to- so bad. But when you're talking about 14 and 20, not just 14, 24, but like, uh, Real, like the most famous guy on the planet it's not great it's a bit ropey isn't it yeah it's, it's not probably great. more than a bit yeah i also wasn't aware of how isolated she was in the graceland estate yeah. well when he was away mm-hmm. and she wasn't allowed to visit him she's not allowed to leave the premises because she's got to be there mm-hmm. to answer the phone she's got to be there in case he needs to come home what did he say to keep the fire the home fires burning the reason he didn't want her to come out is because he was having affairs yep well, she could also read it and she could see it on papers that he's having an mm-hmm. affair with the top actress of that time. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everybody could see it. Yeah. And she just had to stay at home and wait for him and she wasn't allowed to have people around. And what happened when she called him out on it? He snapped. Yeah. He told her basically, get the fuck out, mm-hmm. threw her clothes down. Mm-hmm. She starts packing, then he immediately apologizes. Mm-hmm. Not great, is it? It's not great. Not a good look on him. No. But it was weird because. When she leaves Graceland after divorcing him, mm-hmm. so she divorces him because... She's had enough. She's had enough. Had He's enough. cheating on her, the drugs are getting worse, then he forces himself on her. Mm-hmm. But she divorces him, she leaves Graceland, and then it cuts. Yeah. Immediately when it cut in the cinema, I turned around to you and went, what strange way to end that? Because your dad told us today that she actually led quite a life after Elvis. And I, I don't know what life that was. I was thinking as the film was going on and I was aware that we'd been in the cinema for a while and I felt like the story did progressing slowly in bits and then there'd be a time jump. Like, you'd see a couple of scenes play out and then like the child would be older and you're like, hang on, we've just skipped like mm-hmm. like years here and nothing's really been covered. And then I was so aware that we just as it's going on, I'm like, we're, we're not going to get to see how this plays out. Like, I really wanted to see her reaction to, sadly, but Elvis's fall from grace because she was one of the people who was closest to him. And I just wondered how she loved him as well, how she felt watching all that play out. And then, unfortunately, with his death as well, I just, I wanted to see how she felt about, because you see 
her almost trying to to warn him against things that are happening. She can see things like the drugs and she says maybe you shouldn't be on those and he's like, mm, I'm going to listen to a doctor, not an amateur. And with the clothes and stuff as well and the, the music, he's when he starts to realise he doesn't really like the sound of what he's making anymore and she says, yeah, I don't really like it either and he throws a chair at her, even though she just agreed with what he was saying. But Oh, nice guy. But she could see it. So I just, I would have liked to have seen how that played out for her but then I suppose it's based on her book Elvis and Me and unfortunately most people know her because of Elvis and maybe well, they're not as interested in who she is and how life was. He is one that. of the most iconic musical figures ever so. Yeah because I did wonder if that was also done purposely to be like this is my life with Elvis but that's it. Well that I'm also the side character in my own life. Yeah. It's sad isn't it? Yeah it is. A little bit of trivia for you. Mm-hmm. The Elvis Presley Enterprises declined both their approval for the director's film and their permission to use Elvis Presley's songs. You did say there was no Elvis songs in it. So they weren't allowed to use them, which I thought... That makes sense. Yeah, they probably had a look at the script and thought, yeah, they're maybe burying this guy, so... Mm-hmm. No, I do, I do get it. I understand why. It's a shame, but... Favourite Elvis Presley song? Hound Dog. Hound Dog. Or Jailhouse Rock. Is it Heartbreak Hotel? What's oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that one. Blue the, Shoes. What's the Christmas one? Oh. <gasps> I listened to that quite a lot this Christmas. Yeah, we did. Oh, I can't remember. Blue, blue, blue Christmas. That sounds like it could be Elvis. <laughs> so my rating is 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. What are you going with? I'm going to go with 7.5. 7. Okay, we're quite similar. Mm-hmm. So IMDB is giving it 6.7. Mm, fairly similar, a little lower. Okay. I could see why it might not be everyone's taste because it is quite a slow burn. It's not that thrilling. No, no. Like I said, it was the things that kind of cost it marks for me was the it was slow in places and then there was suddenly a big time jump. I would personally recommend it for people just wanting to know a bit more history about Elvis because it does cover a different side of him that you probably wouldn't see on documentaries. Yeah, I also think it's interesting to see the women behind these men. Like All these men had had women supporting them and it's interesting to see that role i think we've got a couple more films like that coming out to be honest yeah i think so it's definitely not a role i would want to play i wouldn't no. want to be so if i sitting get at home while you're touring and sleeping around and no thank you i'm warned yeah <laughs> no rock star lifestyle for yeah. you <laughs> the next film that we have is killers of the flower moon 2023 i watched this you watched the last third with me yeah. Because you got enticed to watch it because you thought it was that good. Yeah, I saw the first like five, ten minutes and yes. then I, I watched the last, yeah, about third with you. So I'm watching this because it's the latest blockbuster on Apple TV and it's got quite a lot of buzz about it since it came out. Yeah. I mean, your folks saw it and they were raving about it. Yeah, I've had a few friends that have seen it as well. The one thing I will say before you dive into the synopsis and everything is just by seeing the first five, ten minutes and the last part, I felt like I didn't need to see the other three hours. I've maybe I maybe watched like half an hour an hour of the film. Well, you probably gauge the story, but you you don't really I don't know appreciate the characters and what they've been through to get to that point at the end. That's that's fair. That is fair. But just as an outside perspective, <laughs> I was thinking I don't think this quite needed to be three and a half. I hours don't think long. any film other than Lord of the Rings mm. needs to be three and a half hours long. We'll agree to disagree on that one. But I just feel if I could grasp that much of the story and get involved in that much of the story and appreciate the outcome and the ending 
it probably didn't need the to go that long two three hours that i missed in the middle that's, that's a fair assessment although i don't think you can judge until you've seen all three and a half uh, yeah hours. that's fair that's absolutely fair i was also going to note that since django i've loved leonardo dicaprio i haven't seen that film i don't think you would want to see it but you haven't seen titanic no i've not so we need to watch titanic you've not seen I that we'll need to watch that so a very quick synopsis of a three and a half hour marathon <laughs> is the Osage people who are Native Americans acquired wealth from an oil rich land, leading some white men to conspire in the murders of wealthy Osage individuals. The FBI stepped in to investigate the series of murders and uncovered a widespread conspiracy involving corrupt guardians, judges, lawyers, doctors and businessmen. So the white men basically married into the families to secure the oil rights. But they and the Indian women were getting killed off by other white men who were just as greedy. We have Bill Hale, who was played by Robert De Niro, is a friend of the Osage tribe, but he turned out to be the mastermind behind most of the murders going on. And he was getting his family involved, specifically his nephew Ernest, who was Leonardo DiCaprio. So the story basically follows Ernest marrying a woman, an Indian woman who's got big rights, and helping him and his uncle kill off their family members, wanting to keep the money for themselves. But at the very end, Ernest comes to the educated guess, and rightly so, that his uncle was going to kill them all off and keep the money for himself. Mm. So it's basically greed. That's the theme mm-hmm. of the film. It's uh, prevalent in Western society, isn't it? <laughs> I would say that both leads were spectacular. De Niro and DiCaprio, they played it brilliantly. Even you had said, like, the five-minute clip of them debating each other at the end was brilliant. DiCaprio was brilliant in it. Oscar-worthy? He's not. He's, this is nominated for a whole bunch of Oscars. Is sure. it? Yeah. I'm going to guess he's up for Best Actor. Let me, let me Google. Two other shout-outs for this film. The actress who played Molly deserves an Oscar, too. She was brilliant. And my personal favourite character was played by Ty Mitchell, who shot Henry in the face. He Ooh. gives off like Sam Elliott vibes. I don't know if you know who that is. I recognise the name. He was the old guy in The Ranch, the oh, I drama watch comedy. The ranch. Your parents did. Yeah. He's who you would imagine an old ranch cowboy to be in sound. And he just looks cool as fuck. So it's up for a bunch of Oscars, up for Best Picture. Best Actress for Lily Gladstone. Yep, that's Molly. Best Director, Martin Scorsese. Best Sporting Actor, Robert De Niro. Best Original Score, Best Cinematography. Costume Design, Production Design, The score, editing. I'll give a shout out to the score. Great. But Leonardo DiCaprio was snubbed. Really? He mm-hmm. played it so well. Yeah. I, I, that's quite Criminal. shocking. Criminal. Like, he didn't get nominated for that, but Ryan got nominated for Barbie. I'm sorry. Which one was harder to play? Exactly. Which one required acting? Yeah, like, obviously, Ryan was great in Barbie. I'm Sorry, I'm calling him Ryan. I'm on first name basis with him. <laughs> because I always get Gosling and Reynolds mixed up. It's Ryan Gosling, isn't it? Yes. Like, yeah, he was great, but Leonardo DiCaprio, I can't believe he got snubbed for that. I'm furious on behalf. He gets snubbed at the Oscars all the time. It took him so long to get his first Oscar. <laughs> Justice for Leo. <laughs> We started an online petition for him. Oh, I'm pretty guy. sure this was a thing about five years ago. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was too, because it's a travesty and he's been snubbed again. Because his, I said to you that his performance in there, I was like, he's got to be nominated for an Oscar, surely. But no. One of the things that I noticed while watching this was 
our lack of knowledge of American history here in the UK. Yeah. It was actually useful to know about the Osage tribe's history and this whole conspiracy that went on. Yeah, I think we are quite clued up in American politics and history-wise that way, but anything other than that... No. We're, we're not really educated with that in school. No. And to be honest, we're not really educated in our own history. No, we covered so much history. We obviously covered World War Two, which is important. But a lot of our history, I don't know if you were the same, like we covered so much like knights and castles and stuff like that. And obviously in Scotland, that is a big thing. But I was like, what about more modern, not more modern history, but you know I mean? Like more relevant history. I was Mm -hmm. like, nobody cares about castles anymore and who owned them in like the 1600s. Tell me stuff that's actually relevant to I feel the best place to know relevant history just now is Channel 5 documentaries. They are pretty good. They are pretty good. <laughs> they are pretty good. We need to get them as a sponsor. I didn't watch this film for two reasons. One, it's three and a half hours long. And two, because it would have made me angry, which I know is the purpose of the film to make you angry about what happened. But it would have just made me so angry. Even like the parts that I saw angered me. Well, it was a film of three parts. So the first is how the white men actually get involved with the Osage tribe. Then we have them show their ulterior motives, how they murder off family members, they poison Molly. So Bill Hale, the big uncle, wealthy, he has enough money to give her insulin because she's diabetic. Mm -hmm. And later down the line, Molly starts to maybe question a few things. And the whole family's been killed around her. Yeah, so she would be suspicious. Yes. Bill Hale decides to put a little something in her shot that would, airmark quotations, slow her down. Ernest is aware of this. I don't think he believes that the poison acts as it does. It's just, I think he believes it just almost makes her bedridden. Doesn't really make her ill, but just keeps her in bed. But he knows. Am I right in saying, from what I got from it, that he's a bit thick? I don't know if that's just because he was Southern. Sorry to any Southern American listeners. But no, no but, but he had a really thick Southern twang. But I, I don't think know... he was supposed to be a redneck. But there were times... But he, no, but I think he was quite smart, to be honest. The bit that I saw, everybody was kind of puppeteering him. They were using him as a puppet. And they called him, in the, the little bit that I saw, they called him dumb and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't think he fully grasps what's going on. No, see, I think he did. He just didn't want to believe it. Okay. Because it's his family. He doesn't Some want to stuff. really question him. And he's the one... Almost, I don't know. He knows everything. Okay. You know, if you put it on his uncle, then he could out him. He's the one that's got the power. Okay. Then we have the final third of the film, which is the trial of Ernest and how his uncle tries to manipulate him to take the blame for everything. Yeah, nice I know. guy. Shaking your head at that. Nice guy. <laughs> what did you think of the last third as you were watching it with me? I just wanted Ernest to come clean. I'm like, bury your uncle. He did at the end. Because he came clean initially, and then his er- his uncle got to him. Yeah. And then he basically made up a lie that the police were torturing him to mm-hmm. make him tell all these lies about his uncle. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of came to the realisation that his uncle's just going to kill him and his wife. I was surprised by Molly's reaction to it all. Like, when it came out that he was part of the plot that killed her entire family, and... She when... didn't seem too arsed, I thought she? that, yeah. Maybe it's because she knew. Yeah. She was also ill, so maybe she's like, for fuck's sake, I don't need this as well. You, just, you, know, you know that when you've had a really bad day 
and then you get even more bad news and you're just like i don't fucking care just just keep it coming mate yeah. come on yeah but i think there's a difference between having a bad day and your husband being in a plot that killed your entire family and was gonna kill you as well i don't know that sounds a pretty bad day to me too <laughs> but yeah i did think that she had no emotional reaction which was odd the last five minutes of the film also saw a theatre of voice actors <gasps> reading the story of what happened to all the characters. But yeah. genuine sound effects from musicians on the stage. Yeah, it made us realise that we need to up our production value for the podcast. They had a live band. They had proper Foley artists doing all the sound stuff. Is that a little bit better than the five quid I spent for a little jingle at the start? Yeah, it puts it into perspective, doesn't it? They had a full band like an orchestra, they had all the props ready. So like when they were saying he was writing a letter, they had the noise of somebody writing, writing a letter. It's just, yeah. It was weird because it seemed like a, a comedic moment at the end of a very serious film. It was maybe just yeah. to lighten the mood and... Yeah, possibly. Leave the audience on a happy note. I, I think as well, it was done to show you that obviously what happened is a true story. It's horrific, but it became like a salacious story, if that makes sense. So it almost, it's like any kind of crime thing that you watch now. The crime and everything happened, but it's the production value and the the storytelling and the money that can be made from documenting it and making it exciting. So I think it was to show that crime like that can be glamorised. Like, yeah, what happened was awful, but let us make this amazing story about it and get all these sound effects and you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's like when you make a film out of it really <laughs> i would i would agree i would agree with that we also learned that most of the characters after prison went back to the osage tribe i'm guessing to try and make amends doesn't really make up for what they did though does it definitely not definitely not definitely not found out that during a press conference at the 2023 Keynes music festival the director martin scorsese good lad said that it's not a whodunit but it's a who didn't do it. Clever. All the sheriff's departments, the doctors and the lawyer were all in Bill Hale's pocket and helped him do it. That's Yeah, that's clever. So that's it's true. all these men trying to get into this poor tribe just because they happen to come upon oil and get rich. Shows you what happens when you've got money and power. Well, you saw a lot of these men were bitter because mm. their point of view is they had to work for their little money and they can see these Native Americans basically living off wealth that they didn't earn oh you're puzzled you can you can see where they might come from with that yeah, but, you but you don't still need, people yeah, it's that you don't need to murder them <laughs> there's just that that is just life though it's it's the whole part of privilege like they can't help that they happened upon it it's just that's just a that's just a factor of life so, now you'd say being a um, white man is a privilege yeah well we're not getting into politics <laughs> So my rating, I'm giving it 9 out of 10. Okay. Really good film. I would recommend doing it in no less than three sittings, though. Mm. Otherwise, you lose, I guess, the intensity of the film. IMDb gave this 7.7. .7. Quite low, Yeah. to be honest. Surprising. Maybe it's just picky gits that we're watching it. <laughs> you know, critics that can shove it up their arse. I wonder if the length of it, sorry. That could be a reason why, to be honest. Yeah, because I do feel like now... And I had a discussion about this last night with my friends that people just don't want films that long anymore. Anything like three hours and over, it's difficult to keep people hooked and sitting for that long because I feel like a lot of stories can be told into 
two to two and a half hours. Even two hours is a long time. I think at the cinema, an hour, have an interval for 10 minutes. Yeah, interesting, because that came up in the conversation last night, is that lots of people seem to want to have an interval. I would also recommend this just to learn about the Osage murders, as it's quite an important note in history Yeah. after watching this. I think as well, we obviously live in the oil capital of Europe, so it's it kind of hits home a bit more here because oil and gas is a huge part of our industry and it shows you what people will do to to keep hold of it and to get a piece of that wealth from it. Uh, for how long? How much longer? Yeah. Right, we're on to TV shows now, the first of which is Echo, the finale. I watched the... Echo, Echo, Echo. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> So the Echo finale. So I'm watching this because it's the next installment in the MCU. I'm a fan. You're a casual fan. Fake fan. Dipping in there. It was also quite interesting to note the actress who plays the grandmother in this also played the grandmother in The Killers of the Flower Moon. Ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. little tidbit there. Mm-hmm. The finale showed Kingpin capture the grandmother and Maya's best friend after Maya rejected his proposal that I told you on last week's pod. Of that, moving with him to New York. Yeah, I was going to say, proposal of moving to New York, not proposal. He didn't get down on one knee. He got her a point ticket. Oh, he's not making it down to one knee. Did you see <laughs> the size of him? Yeah, he's never getting back up. <laughs> he's a big blurt. She basically didn't go back with him because she realised that he never cared. Her point was he never even learned ASL. Yeah, that's bad. Like all her family did back home. And he was with her for the majority of her life and yeah. he couldn't be arsed. Yeah, that's bad. He decided to lure her back to town to a Native American party where Kingpin has got his goons surrounded and he's got his best soldier up on a van with an RPG pointed at the centre of the party where all these old folk are having a dance. Jesus. Yeah, I know. I was like, well, you knew it wasn't going to happen. There's no way Disney were going to let that. No. Let that take place. Ends with a standoff between Kingpin and Maya. Her family are there, but they're subdued by the goons. Her and her family then get help and powers from the the ancient ancestors, where they all get super strength, beat up the goons, and leave Kingpin to retreat. So he, he's alive. And in the post-credits, we learn that Kingpin is looking to become the mayor of New York City. Oh, God. Which sort of leads into Daredevil, which okay. I've learned is going to be a show. Was it not going to be a film? No. Okay. I think I was. Mis- I didn't know if it was going to be a TV show or a film, but okay. my mate said it's going to be a show. I do wish they had more Daredevil in it. I really wish you could watch the Daredevil show because it was great. Yeah. The film was pants. The mm-hmm. one that was out about 20 years ago with, oh, what's his name? The guy that went out with J-Lo, Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He looked miserable playing it. I would say, though, that this is the best MCU show in a while, but it's not great. Okay. Did it redeem it for a year or no? No, not yet. Okay. I still think the best MCU show was the first one, WandaVision. Everybody loved WandaVision. It was just a unique show. Yeah. And it was also the first one. So yeah. they probably put the most effort into that. I also think they just saturated it. There's too many. They went for quantity over quality. Yeah, they should have only released like one a year and kept quality high. Instead, there's so many Marvel series Too much to keep track of, to be honest. Way too much to keep track of. So the next MCU media that we spoke about last week is Deadpool. But there's actually a Marvel film coming out that's not MCU related called Madam Web. 
So this is one that you showed me that you're looking forward to seeing. Yeah, it's the first superhero trailer in a while that's piqued my interest, so I thought we'd give it a go. So my rating for this was 6 out of 10. Slightly above average. Probably okay. the best rating I've given an MCU show in a while. Yeah. IMDb gave it 6.1, so oh. I seem to be on par with what other people think. What other folk are saying. Yeah. There's something missing though, because it's got a great villain, it's got a great hero, but I just feel the story wasn't quite there. Okay. Now we're on to Anton Deck's Limitless Win on STV, Season 3, Episode 3. Just a great bit of Saturday night telly. Yeah. Quick reason about why we love this. Large prize money and Anton Deck, the two Geordies. Yeah, I like that with the questions, you can at least take a punt as well. I do like that. So a very quick overview. There's a money ladder. The more questions you answer, the higher up you go. All answers are numbers. You guess an answer over the correct one, you're gone. You guess answers under the correct one, you lose lives. You guess correctly and you bank the money and you gain lives. So the couple where we left off with from last week got booted off with this question. How many Nas are in the intro of the Pink song, So What? I was gutted with this one because I'm a huge Pink fan. And I got it wrong. You did the same answer as them. So yeah. you put 13. Yep. The correct answer is 26. She repeats it. Do you want to give us a quick rendition? Na 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 And then she does it again. Na 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 Yeah. Damn it. They lost 30k with that. Yeah, that's brutal. They were so confident as well. 30k. Yeah. I would have been confident also. What would you do with 30k, love? House deposit. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, sad, isn't it? That is very sad, but I, I agree with you that, 100%. I always think that when you see them on it, and they're like, oh, I want to go on this big holiday. And I just think, we want a house deposit. Pay for a fucking house. Yeah. Next up, we had a dad and a son. The son was visually impaired. Yes. And oh, I loved them. They were lovely, weren't they? Yeah. Just a good, good group of guys. You really rooted for them. One of their questions was... How many words are in the chorus Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley? The son nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. He knew all the lyrics. Yeah, good on you, mate. But I was struggling as I was singing it to to count. I couldn't keep up with like the singing and the counting. How does it go again, the chorus? Why do you want me to sing so much (laughs) on this podcast? (laughs) Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never Never gonna... gonna Turn around and desert you. <laughs> That's uh, see, I don't know the second verse. No, neither do I. That's the problem. I think it was about thirty-four. It. Good on him because if you're one word over, yeah, you're fucked. I said that to you because he only counted it through once. I would always and then they locked it in. Yeah. The next question they got asked was: Since May twenty twenty-four, how many years have passed since the first iPad came out? Again, he nailed this. Again. So the answer was 14. I thought it would be about 12. Yeah. So 2010 was when it came out. I was sure it was like 2012. 14 years. I knew it would have been over 10, but I couldn't have pinned it down to an exact year, I don't think. Are we that old? Yes, we're that old. I remember the first Apple product I had was obviously like the iPods. Was like Which iPod did you have? The Shuffle. A shuffle and the Nano, I think. And then the shuffle I, had no screen, yeah. right? The Nano was the tiddly. Yeah, and one. then I upgraded to an iPod Touch. See, I started with an iPod Classic, which uh, was the big brick fuckers. That doesn't that was like surprise 120 me. 120 gig. Yeah. 
but and you used to have the little wheel that you would scroll around the songs. I loved the the noise it made, like as you were going. Yeah, I loved that. The album covers. Yeah, I loved that. I do miss those days, and I used to on the iPod Touch. I used to love playing Tap Tap Revenge, which I don't think exists anymore. I was a. I've not heard of that. What's that? It's like Guitar Hero, but as like a mobile game. I was a boss at Tap Tap Revenge. See, I was a boss at Guitar Hero. Yeah, as I didn't have Guitar Hero. As if we're not busy enough. Yeah, I know. We'll just add another game in the mix. One of the other questions they got was, how tall are two Kit Kat single fingers stacked on top of each other? This made me laugh because you seem to think that they made Kit Kats for toddlers. (laughs) I thought they were like 40 mil, so four four centimeters. That's like a bite. That's a bite-sized Kit Kat. Maybe, you know, bigger is not always better, love. (laughs) You keep telling yourself that. (laughs) (laughs) They actually got their lifeline for this and got Ant and Deck involved. Ant and Deck guessed 18. They had guessed 16. So that would be either 8 centimetres each or 9 centimetres yeah. each, which I thought I would have probably gone about that, yeah. But they got the exact correct answer. Yeah. And that managed to get them up to 250 grand. That's amazing. Of course, they banked the money. Yeah, it's a shame because question-wise, they were up past, I think... 750,000, but they just couldn't get an exact answer to bank, which no. often happens on this show. And you know, they did the right thing by they saying, did. let's not play for the lives. Let's just, we've got 250 grand. Let's just fuck off out of here. Yeah, because that's an insane amount of money. That's, well, that's, so that's life changing money, isn't it? Yeah. Next up, we have Gladiators on yeah. BBC One. We're watching this because I loved it as a kid and I'm introducing you to it. Yeah, I never watched it. When and I now it. you're getting quite into it, aren't you? It's just a bit of fun, isn't it? Programme's format sees four contestants, two male and two females, compete in a series of physically challenging events against the show's resident gladiators, eventually competing in one final event. So the best gladiators this week I've put down for us were Bionic, yeah. who's a really big bloke, yeah. and Dynamite. I liked Fury as well, but I think we said Fury in the last one. Fury we did just, say Fury in the last one. She's Everything that she does, she's so good. Coming back to Fury... Our favourite arena this week was the edge. Yeah. How would you describe the edge? It's It's like a grid up in the air that you have to run across and then the gladiator's trying to knock Mm. you off into a big net down below. But you're you're really high up. So if you make it across one side to the other, you get like three points. I think so. And then you've got to go back. So it's how many times you can cross the grid. Without either falling off or being pushed by the gladiators. Because the gladiators, I mean, do you remember what Fury did this week? Well, she yeah. rugby tackled somebody off the edge. Yeah, well, her background's in rugby and she she just went like for speared it. speared that motherfucker. Yeah, it's brilliant. It was great. <laughs> I also thought the female gladiators were better than the males this week. I agree. They were a lot more vicious. Yeah, they were. Especially Fury. That I think that's our favourite. Yeah, she's gladiator just, just now. She's great. I did think, though, the standout moment was when Bionic cleaned the guy's clock at the gauntlet when he's got the big foam rod and he pushes him back three sections. Yeah, he was just having, I think we were saying that before the gauntlet appeared to be too easy, they were running mm-hmm. through it no problem. And I don't know if they got feedback on that because he I just think he must have heard us and thought, let's just fucking take this boy out. <laughs> which I funny. loved. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Viper, who seems to be the gladiator that's trying to play Wolf, who you won't remember, who was the bad guy before? So yeah. he, he cheats and he breaks the rules and then gets disqualified and the whole crowd goes... That's part, part of the character, isn't it? Do you enjoy it, though? Is it too gimmicky for you? Well, I think it's for the kids because the thing with Gladiator is it's something you watch with your kids. So sometimes the humour, I feel like, 
does go that way but that's what it's it's a family show so i think he's supposed to be it's like the pantomime baddie isn't it like he's behind you <laughs> it's like that but with pfeiffer but we liked it this week didn't we yeah recommend i'd love to have a go of it i think they should tour it because it's a i think it's all all being shot in sheffield stadium mm. they should tour it and then at the end you can just have a go like an off school course yeah Yes, that's a great idea, love. Yeah, I'll I'll email I'll email them. I do not know. Actually, no. Scrap that. You just want to do that to get close to the male gladiators, giant. Oh, I, would, well, I wouldn't have a chance. Would I? I'd be saying that. I You're starring, uh, love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, I wouldn't say no to Saber. I'll be honest. <laughs> Some of the female gladiators. I'm like, I okay. I don't think anybody would. <laughs> Finally, for Telly this week, we have BBC One's Big Night of Musicals 2024. You would never ever have watched this until you met me no I, do you know i only did watch it because you yeah did you know that this was funded by the national lottery because they only mentioned it about a million times during the show so many times so it was hosted by jason manford you didn't realize he was big in the musical world did no you? he's big in the west end i just thought he was a comedian that's very yorkshire no no <laughs> You're cracking sorry. comedian like oh that I, I'm, I'm scrapping that because that's terrible um are you a fan of jason manford I don't mind him. I because I had to ask you because he's whenever I see him on one of these shows because it's either who did I say it's either him or Alfie Bow. Yep. Or Michael Ball. Michael Ball. They always do the musical shows. I do like like Michael Paul. But Michael Paul. Michael Michael Ball. But I couldn't remember how I knew Jason Manford, and then you reminded me he was a comedian. They all show up in these kind of formats, and all three of them mm. showed up, didn't they? I said that to you. So what's the format of this show? It's just taking you through the musicals, isn't it? Like all the, the kind of the classic musicals and they've got people coming on and singing the songs from them. But the thing that I really liked is they did a lot of focus on like supporting your theatres because obviously we were talking in the podcast last week about like Save Our Cinemas and like wanting to put money back into cinema. And I think that's the same with theatres. It needs, it needs help right now. And it's such a fantastic experience to go and see a show live so I did like that they they did that. And also, obviously, it was sponsored by the National Lottery. But they also showed the National Lottery funding for, like, youth musical theatre groups and things like that. So I did like that they, they showed you all of that side of theatre. It wasn't just all about the, the like, West End. No, I just thought it was just a bunch of random songs from random musicals. Yeah, it was. Yeah, pretty much. But it's also showing you what's coming near you as well i did I, like they did that bit i did like that yeah like what's new now i do have a list of some of the musicals they covered okay they had the wizard of oz i've never seen that somewhere over the rainbow we need to watch that film i know i'm, I'm not a fan of wizard of oz i prefer wicked we have phantom love phantom i said that to you that one day you will have to watch that with me and i will sing along the whole time you're so lucky can't wait <laughs> mrs doubtfire which looked really weird yeah. I don't know why they made that into a musical. Yeah, money making, isn't it? Guys and Dolls. That is one, I said this to you, that I went to see it with my friend and we th- we just thought it'd be a decent night out and it turned out to be one of the best things that both of us had seen. Really? Yeah, it oh. was really, really Maybe we good. we should see that. They had Les Mis. Yeah, we, we need to watch that. Oh, I've seen that like film. It's like a three hour and it's miserable. Yeah, it was called The Miserables. Or I think it's I The know. Miserable Ones is actually the translation, but it is the musical we had Hamilton. My fave. So one of my questions was, what's your favourite musical? Hamilton. Hamilton. Is yours. Hands down. 
Now, we've watched that together, yeah. the live performance on Disney Plus, yeah. three hours. Yeah. And I could not tell you a single thing that happened in it. Because they speak and sing so fast that I can't understand the words. And I'm listening to the yeah. song and I'm not listening to these, these raps that are telling me what the play is about, what yeah. the characters are going through. Just I had the subtitles on as well. Maybe it's just me. You, you definitely have to watch it with the subtitles on. But I do think it's because it's a big part of American history. So you'll probably find that it's for it was designed for an American audience and they probably know a lot of the story. So they're just enjoying the musical. While for us, it's something that we didn't know about. So the story is new to us. Well, it might be if you already know the story, you can sit back and enjoy more. But maybe it's because I know all the words now, but I can tell Afterwards, I'll tell you what happened in Hamilton. They had my favourite musical at the very end. They had a Grease medley. <laughs> the medley was quite shit, to be honest. I remember when I was out clubbing in my younger days. Oh, God. The Grease medley would always play at some point during the night. You sound like a 60-year-old gay right now. What do you mean? Back when I was clubbing and watching Grease. No, I wasn't watching it, but they had. Um, it was in the rocker club. You're underground you're a six-year-old queen underground did not underground's like fallout boy my chemical romance they did not That's have the a top floor. Medley. the bottom floor was s club seven oh. steps oh. miley cyrus and then a bit of grease summer loving <laughs> i'll stick with the cool kids thank you very much yep i'll play that nobody can understand <laughs> <laughs> i meant i meant listening to the cool music not like grease uh-huh let's not get into music uh-huh. now dear right let's get on to gaming so i'm playing a new game this time grand theft auto vice city 2002 playing this on my ps5 yeah you say new game you're you're playing a game that is new to you but is very old yes well i'm playing retro gta's just now because i missed out on these in my childhood thanks (laughs) mum. she thought they were way too violent and nude women and all this sort of stuff all the things you're supposed to keep away from teenage boys but just makes them want to access it more it's hilarious because now obviously at the time it was kind of cutting edge but looking at it now and the graphic quality it's funny like it's not aggressive or anything like that it's just really funny like i actually enjoy watching you play this this is one of those games that it's quite fun to be a spectator Mm -hmm. because it's just so entertaining (laughs) Well, I'm a gangster Tommy, you know, really good gangster name that is, who's been in prison for 15 years, sent on a drug deal. Unknown assailants then come in, do a wee ambush, take the money and the drugs, and then I've got to find out who it was, get get back to the guy before I'm dead. Why, Why were you away for 15 years? You know what? I might have missed that bit. Thank you for that, making me look stupid. It's going over that. I didn't expect that would be one of the things I'd get questioned on. (laughs) So it's a little slicker than GTA 3, because it's maybe a year. The graphics aren't. I think they are. They're more colourful. Vice City looks like a rip-off Miami. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's more colourful, but they still look like Lego men. I've done it so many times now with GTA 3 that I don't really see that. Yeah. But um, Coming from Hogwarts Legacy, which is... (laughs) cutting-edge, beautiful, movie-style graphics. To the square shapes of GTA 3. It's brilliant. So the best mission that I've done on so far, which was where I was told to kill a guy on the driving range with a chainsaw. Loved watching that. Which was difficult because he kept trying to get away in the golf cart. 
Well, and so gonna... we were playing dodgems in the golf cart, but the golf cart <laughs> wouldn't destroy it. You were mesmerized by this. It's like, it's not going to lie down and let you kill him, is he? No. Obviously, he's going to try and run away. But watching you do dodgems in golf carts was hilarious. It was really funny to watch. Do you think there is an issue with kids playing these sort of games? No. I personally don't. No. It's a good thing to pin something on when a kid does something bad. Oh, they played violent video video games. If you're right in the head, you can play a video game and realise that it's, you know, that's not what you should do. You're just playing a game. Yeah, there's lots of people that play violent video games and watch horror films, but they don't then recreate no. what they've seen. I no. think it's different, like, when they have warnings, like, in your wrestling, they'll be like, don't try this at home. I can see why that, because you might get together with your mates and be like, oh, how funny would it be if we... Yeah, we did. Like, did, had a table and chairs match. <laughs> we did it on the trampoline. Yeah, there you go. But... For video games and horror films and action films, action films will put a little caveat to that because maybe uh, like racing films, you can see why that might Mm. be. But no, I don't think so. It's also this game's really good to just play and unwind after a long day. You can just zone out. It's not difficult. Yeah. You know, you're just driving around, kill somebody, go do another mission, steal something. Yeah. rip, Rip up someone with a chainsaw. I did like the little, you had a remote control helicopter. Yes. That was that was quite like a fun. little drone. Yeah, two thousand and two drone. Yeah, you had I to go and deliver explosives, didn't you? Yeah. With it, that was quite funny. Did you not in the previous one have to drive a little remote control car as well at one point? Yes, you had to drive it into things because it would blow up because it had a bomb. Yeah, the one on thing it. I will say about GTA that is possibly missing from modern video games is the comedy. The radio is fantastic often we just sit and listen yeah. to it for like a minute if i park up yeah if i'm like sitting doing something and i'll just hear snippets of the radio genius and that would have taken so long to do but it's, it's brilliant it's it just really adds details. to the game yeah you're still playing hogwarts legacy i'm gonna be playing this for like the whole year so this past week i think you've got oh, a few hours in the bank on it this is the most i've played in a while although yeah. i think we should speak about the mission you played the other day with the moving cubes that seemed to take forever. So if you've played Hogwarts Legacy, it is the Depulso missions, which are essentially, Depulso is a spell where you can throw things away from you, like move things back. And then Accio is obviously to bring them towards you. And you have to rearrange these cubes by using these two things to get to chests and to get to the next levels. But once you've moved something, you can't move something like one square. So if I'm moving something from the left to the right side of the room, it flies from the left to the right side. There's no stopping it unless there's a barrier in the way. I was losing my mind. I had to, you were Googled it and you still couldn't figure it out. There's a thing to reset the room as well when you fucked up, which I did a few times and you realise like, oh, I need that. Because you can't, once the cubes hit together, you can't break them apart again. So it's essentially like trying to do massive Lego. But once you've put the Lego together, you can't separate. Oh, no. What a faff. Who thought of, there's so many little bits in Hogwarts Legacy because over the past week I've done no main missions. There are all these little side quests and stuff like that because I, I actually find that really fun. But there's so many different types and this one is just disgustingly hard. Like I don't know what we would have done if like back in the day, I remember when we were younger, you couldn't Google cheats no. to, co- to games. Like I remember my mum having a game that for the life of us, we never figured out how to play. And well, then now you could just YouTube it in two seconds. Yeah. Which is what I had to do. Yeah, you had to YouTube and it for me. all the comments said, why put this in the game? I'd be stuck without this guide. Which makes me think, if that's the general opinion, 
they might have fucked up a wee bit on that. I think so, because you want to be able to at least kind of figure out, it's another side quest called Merlin Trials, which are little puzzles, but they're little puzzles that are available to work out. Like, sometimes it takes a minute or two, but you'll get it. But the DePulso ones, honestly, without that walkthrough, not a hope in hell. You'd be fucked. Yeah. I also think it was a bit disappointing to see you play it that night because you'd had a bit of a tough day and you thought, I'm just going to unwind with Harry Potter. <laughs> and you were like two hours into this mission just getting wound up. And you're just like, I just want to go outside and fly my broom. Yeah, I was just like, I just wanted to... Because like I said, I've been... Uh, this week I've been doing the little side quests and the little missions. And this one took so long. The one thing I will say about Hogwarts Legacy, and I don't know if you found this with other games because obviously this is the first like proper RPG that I've played... But some of the missions take so long. Yep. Like, there was one one day, I'm sure, that I was at for over two hours. And it wasn't that I kept having to reset it because I was failing it. It was just long. It's just long. So that is one thing that I feel like sometimes they should be a bit shorter. But the kind of caveat to that is that you can save at any point and come in and out of it. But when you're halfway through a mission, you need to finish it to... So, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's also amazing, like, when you're on missions like that, how quick time goes past. Or you blink and it's gone. It's like an hour and you're just like, oh, fuck, I thought that was a 10 minutes. Yeah, I remember you said that the other night, like we were going to mm. do something. You're like, okay, I'll be through in like half an hour. And I swear I played for five minutes and you came back through. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on to the fun section of this week. What's been your favorite moment on our screens this week? Ooh. Do you like me to go first? Yeah. I said it was Ant and Deck, Limitless Win, seeing oh, the yeah. father and son win. They're 250 grand. That was so heartwarming. Yeah, that was lovely. Right, what's been your favourite moment on our screens this week? I think my favourite moment is kind of similar to yours. It was during the musicals one where they picked that guy from the audience. He he worked in the Edinburgh theatres and he worked as an usher for over 30 years. And they did a big thing where they had... Lots of people who had worked for him, including famous actors who'd been on stage in Edinburgh, they did a, like a dedication video to him, and they presented him with his own. He's now got his own seat in the Edinburgh Theatre, which I think is fantastic because they were saying quite rightly that obviously the performers and the musicians and everything like that get the applause, and but you have all these people like ushers who the show the show cannot go on without them. And he does all the backstage tours and stuff. And people are saying that he really made the tours. And I just thought that was lovely. And he he got quite emotional as well. I just thought that was so nice to take a guy who's just doing a job that he enjoys and has been doing it for over 30 years and just say on national TV and in the theatre, obviously, that was full of people at the time. Just be like, well done. Like you, you go above and beyond for your job and people appreciate it. And I just thought that was lovely. That was lovely. Next up, we have who's been your MVP can be a character or a real person. I've gone with Leonardo DiCaprio in Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. I thought that was Oscar worthy. I can't believe he got snubbed. Yeah, I know. For that. It honestly made the film for me as well as the score. Had a killer score. But did it have yeah. a really good score? Yeah, a good western score. Can't beat that. Nice. What are you saying then? Who's been your MVP character or a real person? My MVP would have to be Fury in Gladiators. Oh, yeah. Good I shout. just think She's fantastic, and the fact that she is deaf as well is just because um, I like that there's a representation there, like she wears her cochlear implant, but she's just bossing it, and it just 
it's good to have that representation and have it in that way it's just fantastic and she is the best gladiator hands down for me yep my she's my favorite as well yeah the only other one that i like just as much as her is is it nitro that does all the dancing yes he's, he's got brilliant. so much charisma he's got so much charisma but fury that is my mvp for the week smashed it love her we have our final section which is what's happening next week Yes. So we're hopefully going to the cinema again next week. We don't know what we're going to see. We had originally planned to see Iron Claw, but that's not out yeah, when you until said a few that, days after. When you said it's, it's already out, I was like, I don't think so. So we don't know what we're going to see yet. Could possibly be Argyle. Ooh, yes, it could be yeah, that. it could be Argyle. If we aren't going to the cinema, I do have another film for us to watch. Okay. The Luck Oh, film. yeah, that's the animation on Apple TV, isn't it? Yes, Okay. So I'm excited to show you that. Yeah. We might start Scrubs season four. We might get pushed back another week. Yeah, I don't see that happening. We've got a full on week. So the reason we're like watching Scrubs amongst all our other shows is that's our dinner show. Yeah, you sometimes need some of the stuff that we watch can occasionally be a bit heavy. Heavy. So it's nice to just stick on an episode of Scrubs afterwards, have a little laugh, and then that's it. We have Ant and Dex Limitless win again, which yeah. I'm loving. Mm-hmm. Another episode of Gladiators. Yeah. I'm going to cover a show that I've just started watching, so I might get more of it watched next week. Monarch Legacy of Monsters, oh, which yeah. is in the Godzilla universe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I'm really... out a night or two next week, so that gives you plenty of time to watch that. <laughs> but then that brings me to my next thing is gaming. So I want to get a bit more gaming done next week. Yeah. I know you're probably not going to finish Hogwarts for a while, but I'm interested Absolutely to see not. how far you get. We've also got Only Murders in the Building, season three. Oh, yes. Yeah. I can't wait to start that. Yeah, that'd be good. That's us at the end, guys. If there's any films, shows or games that you're watching or want to request for us to speak about or you have any questions for us, please email them in at weeklyscreeningpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's weeklyscreeningpodcast at gmail.com. Before we go, though, we would like to thank you for listening. This is our first go at podcasting, so we do appreciate you sticking with us at the rough beginning. We don't have any socials at the moment. This is the only way we can really grow our podcast right now is by you telling your friends and your family. And if they listen and they don't like it, fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) And if you could leave a review, that would be fab as well. Yeah, that's a nice little note. That's a wrap, guys. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 